Well, I believe God's going to increase me. Turning your Bibles today to Acts chapter 2. Uh, we are going to conclude our series uh, entitled The Ghost. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit. The Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about who He is. Who He is. He's the third person of the Godhead. We're going to read a couple scriptures right now, starting in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And then we're going to jump over to Galatians and Ephesians. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Pretty crazy, huh? Now go with me to Galatians. Each one was hearing in his own native language. Galatians chapter 5 Starting in verse 16, talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 5, verse 16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. What are they? Let's read them. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I love that last part. He had a whole list going and he's getting tired. And he's just like, you know what? Anything that's remotely close to this, all right, that's, that's the works of the flesh. What are we talking about? Stay away from those things. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, talking about living a Spirit-filled life, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. One last scripture, Ephesians 5, 15. Ephesians 5, 15. And it says this, Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that he will... Uh, that the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. Listen to this last verse. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is amazing. And God, I pray that your amazing word would come alive to us in this place today, that we would leave with greater understanding in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about the ghost. Who's the ghost? The Holy Spirit. Okay? Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. 
uh, when we first kicked the series off four weeks ago, uh, we talked about a little bit about the Holy Spirit in relationship to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's easy for us as, as, as people to understand uh, uh, the Father. Why is that? Because all of us, whether He's involved in our life or not, have a Father. Okay? You wouldn't be here without one. Okay? You have a Father. And so it's easy for us to relate to a Father. We can understand that. It's tangible. Okay? Uh, we can understand the Son. Why? Because today, as we dedicated children, you can see that sons and daughters, okay, they're little people. Come on, somebody. And they exist. So I can see them, and there they are. But oftentimes, when we begin to talk about the third person of the Godhead, the, the Holy Ghost, as the Bible says, or the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like, what is that? Who is that? How do I wrap my mind around him? I understand Father, I understand Son, but now we're talking Spirit, okay? And so we're going to talk about that in, in our first week, and it's kind of like, um, in the church, it's kind of like, Ben, your weird Uncle Eddie. Remember we talked about that? Your, uh, your Uncle Eddie? That, that, you know, maybe it's not, his name's not Eddie. If there's an Eddie here today, forgive me, Okay? But everybody in the family has somebody that they, you know, when you go to the Christmas parties and you bring somebody first time, you introduce them to everybody except for weird Uncle Eddie, right? Okay? And so we begin to talk about that's, that's what it's been like in the church. We talk about God the Father, we talk about Jesus the Son, and then we talk about God the Father, and then we talk about Jesus the Son, but there is the third person. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit, okay? Week two, we begin to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And how he gives you overcoming power. That the Holy Spirit gives you, he fills you, and he gives you this ability to overcome. Okay? We're not just those people that should just be barely making it through. No. Who are we? are more than overcomers. Okay? And it's the Spirit working inside of us. The purpose of him. And last week we talked about the gifts of the Spirit. And how we all have them. Whether or not we realize that. And if you missed any of these, you can go to our website and you can catch up and, and see what we've been talking about. But all of us, whether we realize it or not, we have a gift from the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now today I want to talk to you real briefly about the difference between what I believe is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. Okay? And so today what we're going to look at is how do we know I'm living a Spirit-filled life? How do I know? Here we've been talking about living a Spirit-filled life. How do I know that I'm living a spirit-filled life. How many of you guys would like to know if you're living a spirit-filled life? Okay, fantastic. Okay. It's impossible, though, to talk about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit without finally coming to this talk about tongues. Okay? I know some of you have been coming for the last few weeks. You're like, is he going to talk about it? Is he going to talk about it? Here we are. We're going to talk about it today. Okay? Uh, we're going to talk about tongues. Now, let me ask you this question. You can, you can be bold here. How many of you um, would say you're baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? If you don't mind lifting your hand. Okay? All right. Cool. How many of you have heard about it or have heard someone else speak in tongues? Okay. How many of you guys are here today and you're like, man, this is kind of different. I've, you know, I've heard some teaching on it, but I don't really agree with it. I saw some hands start to go up and they're like, oh. Okay. Because you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to pray that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit today. No, I'm just, just kidding. I'm sure that if you've been around church for a while that you have, you have heard um, either someone pray in the Spirit before or you've heard of someone praying in the Spirit before or maybe you've kind of heard bits and pieces or the tragedy of it all is this, is maybe you've been in church for a while and you haven't heard anything about it, okay? Because it was actually a pretty hot topic back in the day. So hot of a topic that Paul actually had to address it on several occasions and what was taking place and how that gift or, or how speaking in tongues was to take place in a public and a private setting. 
Okay, so I want to talk about that a little bit today. Um, but I, you know, I, I pray in the Spirit, okay? I am baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And all the churches that I've been a part of growing up, I'll, I'll, you know, most of them were as well that went to that church. The pastors were, the, the staff was. But I think the, uh, sometimes the problem is this is because um, there's not enough understanding about it and people don't teach about it. Or when you hear it, let's just be honest, it sounds different. Okay? It sounds different. You hear it, and it's kind of like, you're kind of like, whoa, what's, what's happening there? You know? Or you hear it, and you're like, <laughs> and you start to laugh. Come on, be honest. Okay? I, I, I'll be honest. There was, there was one of, uh, somebody at one of my churches, and they had this one phrase when they prayed in the Spirit over and over and over again, and it was butter, 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 butter. No. Butter. Yes, it's fine. No, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, right? Butter. And uh, now, I am not going to sit here and judge whether or not she was truly baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking tongues. I believe she was, okay? But when I heard it, it was like butter, 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 butter. And I'm kind of like, whoa, I really want some toast to go with that right now, you know? You know? And so I'm just like, butter, butter. And so I remember one time I got, I was, I was trying to pray with the crowd, but her butter just got so loud. And I was just like, parquet, butter, 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 parquet. All right, I was throwing stuff out there. And finally, one time I just did it, and I threw peanut out there, right? And I tried to throw, I'll just, I'm just being honest with you, all right? And here I am, I know, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was just speaking to times, but I figured, you know, she's going to be saying butter, butter, butter. I was like, I'm going I'm to break this up. And right, right before she would say butter, I'd say peanut, and she'd go, butter. And it was just... <laughs> You remember it, don't you? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble later, but it's okay. Um, and so sometimes, you know, peanut butter, sometimes, you know, it, it, you know, it sounds different. So we're kind of like, wow, that is just so strange, okay? Well, Paul actually says this. He says when you are praying in the Spirit, he says sometimes you are praying with the tongues of angels, and sometimes you're praying with the tongues of men. In other words, that when people are baptized in the Holy Ghost, them are speaking in tongues, and we're going to draw a distinction here in just a minute, that sometimes, according to what Paul says, it's the tongues of angels. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't carried on too many conversations with angels, okay? So what's happening in that moment is I'm speaking with an unknown language. I don't know what that is, but I'm speaking mysteries, but God understands what it is, okay? He hears it and He knows. Sometimes, though, and I've heard pastor friends of mine tell stories where they're in meetings and, uh, and, and someone begins to pray and they're in a foreign land. Someone begins to pray in the Holy Spirit and then someone over here comes out weeping and bawling and is just like, oh my gosh, how does she know how to speak our language? And they have an interpreter. And, and what, what, what she just said is what's going on in my life right now and God's speaking to me. This person didn't know that language. What was that? That was the Holy Spirit speaking through them. And even though it was an unknown language to the speaker here, this person heard it and they got touched. Now, something we need to understand is that how many of you guys believe that God's really big? Okay? Okay? How many of you guys believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Okay? Less hands this time, but it's okay. All right? One of these days. All right? Here's what we have to believe. We have to believe that God is big enough to sort it all out. Okay? We have to believe that God is big enough. So whether you're here today and, and you don't necessarily agree, or, or maybe you're here today and we're going to talk a little bit about this, and maybe you're kind of like, oh man, that's right, everybody needs to be baptized, everybody needs to speak in tongues. Speak in tongues now! Okay? If that's you, calm down, all right? <laughs> all right? We're, we're going we're to make some headway here today as we begin to talk about this. And uh, right here in Acts chapter 2, okay, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and all of us like the gifts of the Spirit, Right? Okay? We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit a little bit, which we're going to talk a little bit more about today. 
And, and, and we can hear all those things. We talk about all those things. And here we are. Yeah, I want to live a spirit-filled life. I want the power of the Holy Spirit, man. I want to be able to just break through circumstances and obstacles. And all of a sudden, read Acts chapter 2. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what's this tongue thing? Whoa, whoa. This is where it starts to get a little bit like, I, I, I don't know. Here's something we have to understand, okay? In Acts chapter 1, okay, Jesus told his disciples, hey, I want you to go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Go and wait, okay? Sure, John, you know, baptized you. It says this, Paul said this, John has baptized you with water, but, but the Spirit is going to baptize you, okay, with fire. Okay, it's going to be a little bit different, all right? In Acts 1, Jesus says, hey guys, I want you to go and wait. Wait there, don't do anything else. Just wait until you receive the gift. The promise of the Spirit, okay? They were there for about eight days when we pick it up in Acts chapter 2. And things got a little crazy, okay? I have to ask this question. Because some people say, you know what, tongues isn't for today. Well, if tongues isn't for today, then I'm a heretic. Because I, 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 I pray in the Spirit, okay? Some people say it's not for today. Some people say, well, I don't even know if it's of God. I've actually heard people say that. How did they know that the promise had come? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, because they began to speak, right? It's not like a letter came in the mail. Oh, yeah, it's here! All right, see you guys later. Hey, it was fun praying with you for the last eight days. See you later. All right, yeah, see you next time. Okay? No, they knew because something happened. And something happened on the inside. And the Bible says they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they began to speak it out. Now, the story's pretty crazy because the Bible says that they were in that place at that time. There was every nation under the sun represented. Okay? Every nation. That means every language was there. And when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, what took place? They all of a sudden, the Bible says, every one of them heard them speaking in their language. How is that possible? Okay? How in the world is that possible? And the Holy Spirit was at work. How did they know the promise had come? Well, they knew because, man, well, the Bible says divided tongues of fire. I don't know what that looked like. When I get to heaven, I was like, hey, can you, can you replay that one? Come on, how many, guys, how many guys say when you get to heaven, there's a lot of things you want God to replay just so you can see it. Like, and it'll be better than 3D, you know what I mean? It's going to be just right there. And you're like, can you do that to me? You know what I mean? It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Here's the thing. There is a difference, okay, and I want you to understand this because I believe, this is what I believe. Some people don't believe this. I believe there's a difference between being filled with the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit, okay? Because we know that when we get saved, Jesus isn't the one that comes into our heart. I remember the first time I was explaining this to my wife. I was like, do you want to ask Jesus into your life? Do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? And she didn't know. I, I, I had an opportunity to lead her to the Lord, and she started crying. She's like, I wanted to, but I don't know how. I'm like, good point. How do you get Jesus, you know? And she's like, what do I do? Do I, you know, how does he get in there? You know, what, what happens? And this was genuine. She was just like, I don't know what to do, okay? We know this, that the Bible says that Jesus has ascended and is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, so who lives inside of us? Well, we know this, that when Jesus went to the cross, that he gave up the Spirit, the Bible says, okay? And what did he promise? He promised that after I depart, I'm going to give you the promise of the Holy Spirit. It is now the Holy Spirit that indwells our life, that empowers us, that is working in us to convict us of sin and of righteousness and of the judgment to come. Those little things that people write off as intuitions, now that's the Spirit 
working inside of you. That's the Spirit speaking to you. Those moments when, you, when you're doing something you know you shouldn't do and you feel guilty about it, that's not just a word called guilt. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, ouch, stop it. Don't do that. It's the Spirit that lives inside of us. We are Spirit-filled the day we ask, we, the day we ask Jesus, into our, the day we get forgiven of our sins, okay? The word filled means this. It's the word, uh, and I'm probably going to mess it up, but it's the word pleru, okay? And it means this. It means to be full, filled, up, or complete, okay? Where it says this, it says when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the word baptism is baptismo, and it means to immerse or submerge. It's the difference of something coming inside of you, your field, or you being totally immersed in it, okay? So this is what I believe. I believe that when you are saved, and, and looking at it scripturally, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, okay? But man, the more you open up your life to the Holy Spirit, the more you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, the more you desire the Holy Spirit. And if you just open up your mouth and you say, Holy Spirit, I believe right now in faith. I'm believing for a full baptism. I believe that every single believer can be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe that. Some people don't. Why? Because they think it's the gift. Here's why I don't think it's the gift. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says this. Hey, when you pray in the Spirit, don't do it publicly, but do it privately because it's for the edification of yourself. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14. So it would be better for you to prophesy, okay, than to, than, than to speak in tongues publicly. If one does speak in tongues publicly, let him have at least two people to come and to interpret that, okay? And so if I got asked this question on myself as, as I was studying this week, if Paul is saying, look, that's for the personal edification, but yet we rewind to 1 Corinthians 12, and he says, here are the gifts of the Spirit, and they are for the mutual building up and edification of the church, and one of those is the gift of tongues, was Paul contradicting himself? Or are they two separate things? Are you with me? So in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, hey, all of these gifts right here, faith, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all these things right here, these are for, and it goes on in tongues, that's for the building up and edification of the church. But yet then, man, 1 Corinthians 14 says, hey, if you're going to pray in the spirit, pray, pray privately because it's the building up of you. What was taking place? What was happening is this. There was stuff going on. And Paul had to come and address it. He said, look, you guys are misunderstanding. There's this and that's the gift. But you know what? You've been misinterpreting that, and you've been going around, and you've been praying publicly in tongues, thinking you're giving people words, but you're not. You're freaking them out. And it would be better for you to zip it, go do that in private, and then just prophesy, okay? And let one that has the gift of tongues present that with an interpretation following. Notice this, that between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, there is 1 Corinthians 13 tucked in right there. And you all know what 1 Corinthians 13 is about. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. Okay? It's about love. And he says this. He says, if I, if I pray with the tongues of men, and if I pray with the tongues of angels, yet I don't have love, it profits nothing. Okay? So here's the, here's the thing, and then we'll move on. Here's the thing. Is that some people are saying, no, it's not of God. Well, if it's not of God, explain me. Okay? Other people are saying, hey, look, the only way is to be, and you better speak in tongues. Okay, I think there's a balance that needs to take place. Do I believe that every believer can be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. If I don't believe that, then I've just put myself up on a pedestal above somebody else. 
I believe every single person can have that. Do I believe every person has the gift of tongues that needs to be followed by interpretation? No, I believe that he gives that to each one, just like he does prophecy, just like he does faith, just like he does. So, so okay, we got this understanding. Then, Ben, what is, ben, what is the evidence of, uh, of being, being spirit-filled and having a spirit-filled life? Let me give it to you real quick. How many of you guys want it? A few of you, okay. How do I know, Okay. How do I know that I'm living a spirit-filled life? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Okay? The first one is this. Number one, how do I know that I'm living a spirit-filled life? Number one, I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Wow, it's so deep. Studied hard this week. Okay? I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We say, well, what, what is the lust of the flesh? Let's go back and look at the Bible. Okay? Starting in verse, but I say walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. What are they? Here we go. Verse 20. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Maybe you should just get a pen and paper, okay? And just check down the ones that you, okay. Fits of anger. Ah! Sorry, I just had a fit of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Wow. This one hit me this morning. Because a lot of times when we talk about divisions in this setting, we talk about divisions in the church. You know, oh, there can't be any divisions in the church. Divisions in the church. What about divisions on your job place? What about divisions with your children? What about divisions in your marriage? Well, I, I would love to classify it and just say, oh, that's only speaking of divisions within a church setting. No, it's actually just talking about divisions. And if you have divisions going on, guess what? I'm just reading the Bible. Don't get mad at me. Okay. Guess what? That's, that's, that's not the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the flesh. It goes on. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Anything that remotely resembles any of that, it's flesh, okay? How do I know that I'm walking, uh, living a spirit-filled life? Number one, I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Number two, how do I know that I am bearing, uh, or that I'm living a spirit-filled life? Number two, I'm bearing fruit. I'm bearing fruit. Wow, what, what fruit am I supposed to bear? I'm glad you asked. Read on, okay? But the fruit of the Spirit, okay? See, the Bible is really not that complex, how do I know I'm a Christian? I'm not doing those things. I'm doing these things. Just boil it down. But do you pray in tongues? No, let's, how do I know that I'm living a spiritual life? I'm not doing that. I'm doing these things. What are these things? Look at these things, okay? I'm, I, I, I have the fruit of love. How many of you guys just can't stand being around people? No one's going to raise their hand. <laughs> Someone did. <laughs> you know? And they're sitting all the way in the back by themselves. So, I mean, it's like, just kidding. Love. Then the fruit of the Spirit. If you can't stand being around people, go hang out with God a little more. Okay? I mean, because right here, the fruit of the Spirit is love. What did Paul say? You need to have love. What's another one? Joy. Let me read that one again. Joy. I got the joy, 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 joy. That's right. Thank you, Caleb. Okay? We'll sing that one one of these days, all right? Right, Brett, wherever you're at? Um, joy. 
okay? The fruit of the Spirit. Now listen to me, okay? I want you to understand something, okay? We're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. I want you to understand something. Listen to this. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit are, okay? Listen, the last time I looked, you don't have one tree with an apple, an orange, and a lemon growing off of it. If you have an apple tree, you have a apple, okay? You don't go to one tree and say, oh, look at all the fruit. You say, look at all the apples, okay? And that apple can be crunchy, at least the way I like them. I like them crunchy, juicy, and sweet. <laughs> apples. Crunchy, juicy, sweet, okay? Okay? When she, I don't let her, she's laughing because I don't let her go buy apples because she always comes back with soggy ones. I'm like, what are these? <laughs> if you were buying pears, cool, but these are apples. Come on, somebody, all right? And so, okay, I like, okay, now think about it. The apple is crunchy, juicy, sweet, okay? It's one apple, okay? It's talking about the fruit, singular, the fruit of the Spirit, the way a Christian should look. They should have love. Well, I have love, but I don't have joy. I'm just ticked off at everybody. But I love you! (laughs) No, you don't, okay? The fruit of the Spirit is love, and it's joy, okay? If you are depressed all the time, get around God. Are you with me? Okay? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Okay, if, if you like to cause issues with people, don't get around me. Because I know how to solve issues. I hire my wife. Patience! Patience. Patience. How many guys are always just so impatient? <laughs> Patient. Gosh, hurry up, would you? Gosh, we're always late. Hurry, 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 hurry. Patience, 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 kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, okay, is not just, oh, I love, but I don't, the fruit of the Spirit is all of these things working in my life. How do I know I'm living a Spirit-filled life? I don't do that, I do this, and lastly, How do I know I'm living a spirit-filled life? You are inebriated. Let me explain that real quick. You're like, sweet, I knew it! Let's go right now, Pastor. You're inebriated, okay? A common theme seen in all three scriptures that we read today, okay? When the people heard them speaking in tongues, they run out and they started making fun of them, like, oh my gosh, they're drunk. Okay, and Peter stood up and said, no, 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 they're not drunk as you suppose because it's only the third hour of the day. But this is, what, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied about, and this is what's happening now. They're not drunk, okay? Then we read in Galatians, and we see that, hey, don't, don't, don't give in to drunkenness, right? That's, that's the work of the flesh. Then we read in Ephesians today, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you see the common theme there? Somehow, some, somewhere along the way, Paul uses this thought of drunkenness to compare it to a spirit-filled life, okay? He looks at a drunk person, he says, hey, that's kind of what your life's supposed to be like. Explain that. What, what do you mean? When you are intoxicated, okay, from what I've observed, when you are intoxicated, I just want to clarify, okay? When you are intoxicated, you think different. You act different, and you talk different, okay? If we need to take you on a, a, a missions trip to show you that, maybe we will, okay? Not by allowing you to do that, but just observe. 
I live downtown, and I can observe that every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night as people walk out of my complex. I'm just like, wow, okay? They think different, okay? Now, now here's the thing, is if you just take one little drink, yeah, you're fine, right? But if you start consuming, and the more you consume, what happens? The more inebriated you get, what happens? The less in control you are, and the more in control the alcohol is, Okay? Now, now, I mean, just think about it. What, what is it about a guy that he, he, you know, he goes to a bar and, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a girl there that he, you know, would never have a chance with, okay? But all of a sudden, he drinks a little alcohol and all of a sudden now he thinks that, you know, she thinks I'm the hottest thing in the world. Right? Okay? And, and what? He, he gets enough courage up to go over and, and, and talk to the person, Okay? What does the alcohol do? It gives him that courage to try to do something he normally wouldn't do on his own. People get drunk for that purpose. Liquid courage. They do. Why? It gives them courage. Okay? I mean, they would not be like that in any other setting. They get some alcohol in them and boom. Okay? Why do people get drunk? People get drunk because it brings momentary comfort. It kills the pain that they're feeling in their life. Don't be drunk with wine, though. Don't have the counterfeit because we learned the very first week that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. You don't need to have the counterfeit to be comforted. You don't have to have the counterfeit to to build up enough courage to go and try to do something you normally couldn't do. Why? Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He gives you the ability to do something you couldn't normally do. And so Paul says in Ephesians, hey guys, look, don't be drunk with with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you now have the ability to do something you normally couldn't do. You have the power now to overcome. You now have the ability to rise above. You now have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control working inside of your life. And when the Holy Spirit takes over, just like the alcohol takes over, you think different, you act different, and you talk different. How do you know that you're living a spirit-filled life? Because people say, wow, man, there is something different about you. You don't do those things. You do these things. And oftentimes it looks like you're not even in control. Why? Because I'm not. And the more I yield to the Holy Spirit, the more He takes over my life, and I come to this point of overflow, and wow, look, I'm actually talking different. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't give in to the works of the flesh. What are they? Go back and read them. Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 23. But bear fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, to bear fruit worthy of repentance. What is the fruit that people should look in our, and see in our life? I'm not in control. The life I live is no longer mine, but I live it unto Him, and it's now Christ who lives in me. It's now Christ that people see, and the fruit that's coming out of my life, man, it touches people, it transforms people, don't be drunk with wine, be inebriated by the Holy Spirit, allow him to take over, allow yourself to be submerged, allow yourself to be overflowing, and bring transformation to every place around you. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Just close your eyes for a minute as we conclude today. Thank you for staying a little longer to everything we had going on. But as you close your eyes and you're thinking about your life, real simple, how do I know that I'm living a spirit-filled life? Listen to me, God's, God's not looking for perfect people. 
He's looking for people that would be willing to jump on the path and begin to pursue perfection. And so as we went through those things today and we see in Scripture that, wow, these things are evidence of the flesh. If you look and examine your life today and you're saying, wow, Ben, those things are evident in my life. Just simply yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Yield those things over to Him. And the more you yield that, and the more you allow the Holy Spirit to come inside your life, I'm telling you, just like an intoxicated person, it didn't happen on the first drink. It didn't happen on the second drink. For some people, it didn't even happen with the first bottle. But as they continue to consume, they continue to get out of control. Listen to me. It's no different with God. The more you yield your life, the more He consumes, the more He takes over, and the more fruit you'll bear in your life. You might be walking in love, but you know what? There's greater love. You might be walking in patience, but there's, there's greater patience. Just continue to yield to Him and watch and see what He'll do in your life.